0: The War Nomads podcast bonus episode. Hear amazing nomads sharing their knowledge, stories and experience of world travel.
1: Thank you for tuning into this episode featuring the face of our US Discovery series filmmaker, Joel de Cattare. And a warning, it may elevate emotions, particularly for any listeners who may have been adopted, as this is about Joel's heartbreaking journey from being found wandering in a market in the Philippines to being adopted by an Australian family. Wow. Uh, for those
0: if you here know the story of Saru Brierly, an Australian man who at age five was accidentally separated from his biological mother, was adopted by an Australian couple in Tasmania and 25 years later reunited with his mother after finding his hometown via Google Earth. Then you'll be glued to Joel's story too.
1: Yeah, Joel was also five. Can you imagine it? When he became hopelessly lost from his mother after wandering into a bustling city market. I
2: was found at the age of five at a busy market in the Philippines. And I was handed into the police station and when they asked what my name was, um, I couldn't tell them. And when I asked what my parents' name was, I couldn't tell them either. And so when a child is found with no name or no identification in the Philippines, they uh, they are named as foundling. And I was... um, I was taken to an orphanage, where I um, was given a new identity, given a new name, and given a new uh, date of birth.
1: Before we get into that, does does your story resonate with that of Saru Briley?
2: Yeah, yeah. It was. It's um. It's obviously a different story. Um, I was um, found in a different situation. Um, and the way that I found my parents was. Through my skill set as a filmmaker, and and just taking time off and going over and just doing my own search, I when I when I found out about Saroo and found out about his story, it was it was incredible to to know that he had found his parents. I think it was like over a seven year period, just going through Google Earth. And then when I looked at looked at my sort of own sort of backstory, I was like, man, I don't have seven years to find my parents. I just really just took. Took time off work and 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 use use my use my skill set as a filmmaker, and was able to find miraculously find my birth parents with a with a lot of help from people on the ground and and the Filipino community.
0: Tell us the rest of your journey that led up to that moment where you are a filmmaker and you've got those skills. What was that journey?
2: Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, I I was uh, adopted when I was six years. Of age by Australian parents, and they brought me over to Melbourne where I grew up. Yeah, growing up was quite interesting, you know. Like I, on the surface level, you know, I, I adapted pretty well, um, considering being in a whole different culture and in a whole foreign, in a foreign place. I know at one stage growing up, I I, I asked my mother what, whether I'm going to turn white or not, and um, yeah, it was just it, it was an interesting experience. And I think what kind of led me to the filmmaking was through, you know, through dance. I found my solace through dance, and you know, I was just really heavily involved in the the arts, and that's what kind of drew to me uh, as a kid. My mom's a Caucasian redhead, so it was always quite confusing when people would come over and they were expecting a Filipino uh, parents, but they. They found, you know, they, they saw a, um, you know, just a normal Aussie, Aussie parents um, at home. You know, like on the surface level, it was, you know, like I, I always felt like I was Australian and I was white on the inside. And it took me a while to figure out or to accept the brown face that was looking back at me in the mirror. And I think it, you know, it, 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 was, it was difficult to navigate, um, you know, in, in my teens. Every sort of few years, I'd sort of open up my adoption papers to look at, you know, where I come from and what happened. And and it was always the same scenario where my adoption papers would say that I had no name. I didn't know the name of my parents, even though the area uh, where they lived, it was only, I only knew that my mother and father was a, uh, or my mother was a dressmaker and my dad was a jeepney driver. And I was found at Munoz Market in Manila Population of one hundred million, and so every time I opened those adoption papers, it was always like, oh you know, there's no point in even looking for them because I don't even know where to start.
0: That's a one hundred to one, one hundred million to one shot. Yeah,
2: yeah, and then you know, like, it's you know, I, I guess the, you know, what 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 a lot of people don't talk about um, being adopted is just some of the, uh, I guess some of the relationship issues that you have um you know like it's 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 hard to feel safe in relationships because you you always feel like there's at some point someone's going to leave you and you know it's, it's all kind of like like the, like later in my you know in my late 20s in my 30s that was quite a sort of a a pattern that I was going through and I think when I was you know when I was 35 I um it was this sort of pattern that was constantly repeating and I wasn't really able to, you know, fully be vulnerable with someone and, and fully let them in. And and it was only when I went to Thailand and I was shooting a documentary series for a charity over there called hands cross the water. I had this, um, really, really profound uh, interaction with an orphan boy. And we were telling stories around this charity that, did a lot of work with orphans and that's that brief interaction that I had with him while I was while he was reading a, a book in English and we kind of spent some time together and he just reminded me of, of myself and he kind of reminded me about you know going back and and going back to my own orphanage and and that's when it kind of really started and that's when the idea sort of the idea of like oh may, maybe maybe I should go back maybe I should go back to my orphanage and meet meet the orphans and just reconnect with my culture. And it was never really, you know, straight away going back to find my parents. It was, I knew it was impossible. So I just went back there with the, the notion of trying to reconnect with my Filipino roots and uh, reconnect with my, my orphanage. And, and then when I got over there, it all kind of, yeah, it all just snowballed.
1: So you decided that you would visit the Reception Centre for Children, the RSCC, which is the orphanage yeah. that you were um, found at. Well, and you weren't yeah. taken there. You were taken by a taxi driver who found you to a police yeah. station, which wasn't the yeah. right environment for you. So they yeah. took you to the orphanage. Mm-hmm. And OK, so you went back there as a grown up.
2: Yeah. So it's um, yeah, I mean, I, I went I went back to the orphanage and I, you know, I met the. I met, I met met the kids there and it was a very different experience when I went back when I was 18. This time, I think one thing that, that, that I really noticed was that a lot of the kids weren't just Filipino. There were, there were a lot of um, mixed races there. So half Filipino, half um, African or half uh, Filipino, half, there was all these half, 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 um, half Chinese. Um, And so it, it just made me really sad that there's Know, people are coming into the country and having having children with Filipinos and then leaving, um, and then these kids are getting, um, you know, these kids kids end up in the orphanage. So that w- that was one of the things that really stuck out at me. But one of the one of the reasons why I went back was to kind of look at my adoption papers and was praying that there was maybe a mistake or was praying that there was, you know, more information that I wasn't given. And uh, when I looked at my papers, it was. It was all the information that I already knew. So I decided to go back to the market where I was found. And I would have gone back there when I was 18, but my mother uh, wouldn't let me because she thought that it was unsafe. You know, at 35, I can look after myself and I bought a lot of clothes from the local market. So I um, dressed like a typical Filipino and just walked around with a translator at the market asking um, questions and I was there for a couple of weeks uh, nonstop and we were able to find a couple that had lost a child around right about the same time at the market. You know, long story short, we, we, we found this this uh, the mother and she thought it was me. Um, and so we did a DNA test. A few, few weeks later, we, it, it came back negative, but what that snowballed was the interest of a local network in the Philippines because I presented them with the story and also uh, with a lot of footage that I'd captured over the month and a half I was there doing my own research. And prior to that, when I asked them, when I was approaching networks, they wouldn't um, take on my story because I think just purely that I didn't have any leads and it was just a, a dead-end story for them. But uh, after the after I found this couple, they decided to help me and, and they saw that I was a filmmaker and uh, I had – shot a lot of my own footage and was making my own documentary about it. And they published the, f- the, f- the first episode um, on GMA for a show called Jessica Soho. And after that first episode released, someone uh, who was originally living in the house that I walked off from saw my story in Japan on cable and contacted me in the network and said that that's Joel. Um, that's that's how you say it in the Philippines Joel right and she said that I know I know his mother and I was babysitting that little boy when he was five years old you know
1: obviously didn't keep on
2: yeah obviously she wasn't doing her job that day no um, exactly yeah so um, and that was sort of when I started that's when I started to find out what the story was because you know, my, my own version of what I remember was that I woke up and my mother was missing, so I went to look for her. And that's how I walked off from the house and, you know, walked for a bit and got lost. And then it was just like I was walking for the whole day um, till I was found. When I found her name was Dolly, uh, or is Dolly, when I found Dolly in Japan who used to, used to live in the house, she said that my mother... Uh, would always take me to work every day, but that morning I was still sleeping. So she just went to work and just told people in the house, because there was about seven other people living there, she told people in the house that I would come back at midday to pick him up um, because he's sleeping, you know, and then when she left, I kind of went to look for her. So it was all this, you know, like growing up, You you just because you don't know what the truth is, you kind of, you know, you, you have all these, Sort of scenarios or these stories that you kind of think about or you you make up to to try to justify what had happened.
0: So for all these years leading up to that, mm. you you have this sense that you'd been abandoned, and yeah. then you, and yeah. then you find out you actually did a runner.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I did a runner. Yeah. yeah. So how did that well, change did,
0: your attitude to it all?
2: Yeah. Well, it's it's such an interesting experience, especially with the the World Nomad series, is that. I think naturally I'm just a wanderer, you yeah. know, I like to wander and get lost and, and explore, explore places. And when I was five years old, I wandered off from home. Now I'm 38 and I'm wandering the planet. Yeah. It's, 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 it's interesting. It's an interesting um, perception that I've kind of uh, realized now over the last, you know, cause that happened about two and a half years ago. And since then it's just this, Crazy experience of um, adjusting and integrating her back into my life. And
1: what about your dad? Yeah, yeah. I,
2: my dad. Yeah. So I found my dad. Actually, found my dad before I found my mum. Simply because someone uh, we we found someone in the area that was really good friends with my dad, and so he remembered his last name. So once we knew his last name, we looked up. We looked him up on. On Facebook he wasn't on Facebook but one of one of his sons was on Facebook so I contacted him on Facebook we organized a Skype um, met my dad for the first time on Skype so I actually found my my dad before I found my mum the reason why I found him before was that we never knew we could never know we could we could never find my mum's real name or her last name until um, we had found Dolly um, so and even, even Dolly in Japan didn't know her last name either. So we were just going by a first name and a picture. So, you know, what we thought was going to be easy after that was still a good two months in finding her. And, um, you know, if you don't have a, a, a name or a last name, it's very difficult to get records in the Philippines.
1: Saru's mother, back to the story of Saru Briley, she refused to move home, to move house, um, just in case Saru came home. Mm. What what happened to your mother and then what was the reunion like?
2: Uh, Well, my mother moved um, and she remarried seven years after I was lost. I'm not sure how long she stayed at that place, but I know that when I went missing the way that she had kind of come to terms with it was that she thought that my dad had taken me and taken and taken me to the States. And so that was the story that she sort of went with to try to get some closure. But when I found her, what she realized, what what she realized was that the orphanage that I was living at was only a couple of Ks away from where she was living. And so when I went missing, um, you know the common the common question people are asking uh, is, you know why why didn't your mother look in an orphanage? And you know when when I went missing, she she looked everywhere for me. She you know she approached the media, she went to radio stations, she went to she went to a bunch. Of, she did a bunch of things. Um, but what she, what the belief back then for her was that she thought that um, kids who who ended up in orphanages were kids that weren't wanted. She didn't know kids that were, lost, um, yeah. were, yeah. She didn't know that kids who got lost ended up in orphanages too. So she, she was just really beside herself when she found out and she just, she was, I think she was really hard on herself. Because um, she would have just thought, you know, i would have just gone to orphanage. She, she would have found me. So, so
1: what's the relationship um, like now with your biological mum and your adopted parents?
2: Well, look, you know, my um, it's always been my adoptive mum growing up. My dad, my adoptive dad, left early, uh, quite quite early in the picture. Uh, my my mum, my, my adoptive mum, where you know we've we've got a really really strong um, relationship, and um, she's she's over she's over the moon. Me, she was quite worried at the start, um, but she's just over the moon that she got to one. One, she, I got to find her, and two, she got to meet her. Um, so, I took her back to the Philippines, and we had a um, a mother, two mother reunion thing on um, on sixty Minutes, um, which is online. And you know, look my my mom, my has been to my biological mum, which I call Ma. Um, her name's Minia. To be to be really honest, we've had a we've had our ups and downs. You know, it's not a fair, it's not a fairy tale ending that people think it is. It's like once you find your birth parents, then the journey just begun a, a, around you know integrating into into your life and how that works and and the, the cultural differences, navigating around the cu- cultural differences, it's really challenging. But overall, like you know, like I brought my biological mum to Australia and she's seen my life. I remember when she was staying at my house, I just I just couldn't believe that my biological mum was just in the next room just, you know, after 30 years of gone, you know, of separation that she's now back in my life. And, you know, we have our, we have the same humor. Um, we have the same laugh. We, we look, you know, like I look a lot, a lot like my mum, and, um, you know, there's, there's certain things that she said to me that like that, that just hasn't changed, you know. So it's just really, it's just really grounding for me to have known that and can kind of get that complete in in my past. And now there's a new journey of, you know, um, figuring it all out, um, and also helping other people find their, you know, their cultural roots, or help other people find their their identity through my experience of finding my own um my own roots so yeah it's it's been an uh, incredible experience I,
0: I think i'm feeling a little bit cheated right now because i think we've just skipped over the bit and i'm looking for a fairy tale here the first right, time right. the first time yeah. you met your biological mum when you met
2: Mart. yeah look look i i always try to i always the thing is i always try to get people to understand that it's it's not a fairy tale ending it, it, there's no ending that happens when you find your birth parents. Um, it's, it's overwhelming. It's, uh, it's awkward when I first met my mother. Um, she wasn't what I expected or what I had in my head. Um, but you know, to be held by a mother after 30 years, that's just, that's, uh, that means, that means the world for someone like me who've lost, who's, who lost their parents when I was a kid. To see pictures of myself before I was five years old is also something that is quite um, quite moving for me. And I also didn't know my real date of the birth. When I was growing up, the, the date of birth that was given to me, 4th of August, is, which was the official date where I was um, officially classified as abandoned and eligible for adoption. So when I found my ma, I found out where I was baptized and I found out the hospital that I was um, born in and so getting my real date of birth, 10th of November, 1981 is something that for many people who are in my situation, um, can really relate to as far as that's a, that's a real cornerstone of understanding who you are and where you come from that, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's just fairy tale ending for you, but it's, it's a big deal for, for any adoptee. And I'm sure, um, you know. Any adoptees around the world uh, listening to this will be able to really relate to that um, that finding. She basically um, told me a story that was one of the one of my only memories of growing up was that she would bring me to work at the dress factory, and I would be playing with the cotton in the wool, and riding my bike around the the, um, the factory. And that that for me was that was that was the, the story that I always. Had in my head, and one of only one of the few memories that I had of her. Um, so yeah,
1: well, Joel aims to use his story to bring awareness to adoption and is making a documentary he says he hopes will motivate others to write the blank pages of their own narrative.
0: But how amazing, isn't it, is it to speak to JD and like. It, it's not a Hollywood movie. It's real.
1: It's it's real. Like Saru, it is absolutely real.
0: And look, as Joel says, he'll now forever wander the planet and good luck to him because there's lots to explore and a lot to love.
1: Yeah. You can get the World Nomads podcast from wherever you get your favourite podcast. Subscribe, rate, share. We'd like you to tell your friends about us because that's how we all share the love.
0: Yeah. All right. And don't forget we've got our own Facebook page now as well, the World Nomads podcast on Facebook. We can uh, we can all have a chat with each other, which would be quite nice. <laughs> Uh, Next week, we are off to explore the Caribbean, or is it the Caribbean?
1: Oh, here we go. (laughs) Here we go. Tanzania. (laughs) Tanzania. Tomato, tomato. Bye. Amazing nomads. Be inspired.